welcome to Turns Out She's Psychic, the podcast. Spiritual musings, sometimes amusing. I'm Tracy. And I'm Laura. Hello, dear listeners. Welcome back to another episode. It's your girls, Laura and Tracy. Yo, yo, yo. And I had some questions to bring bring Tracy today with regards to her upcoming spirit sessions that currently went on sale a couple of weeks ago now. It's happening on August the 21st down in Sydney. Whoop, whoop. I'm so excited. For those who are new to the podcast or don't know, just before COVID hit, I was well into my uh, first Australian tour. Um, of Spirit Sessions, which is my live mediumship event. Think John Edwards, old school style, where I stand in the middle of the room and and connect people that are there to their loved ones in spirit. Um, I'd done Brisbane, I'd done Melbourne, and the rest of Australia had to get cancelled thanks to the pandemic. So I'm really super excited about getting back on the road. Um, And for now, I have just confirmed Sydney on August 21st. I'm not confirming any uh, because everything's just so volatile at the moment. I really want to get over to Adelaide and to Melbourne. Um, I've got a lot of clients in Melbourne that I'm busting to see. And I love Melbourne. Like it's where I belong. I kind of feel like that's where I want to be. Um, but just with everything being so um, unpredictable at the moment, I don't want to get stuck down there. It and makes I, it hard to commit, doesn't it? It does. Yep. Um, and it's a logistical administrative nightmare if you book, sell, have to refund, cancel, it creates a ton of work, not just for me, but for everyone that helps me out doing what I do. Um, And it's disappointing and I hate disappointing people. So I don't want to be a source of disappointment when there's enough of that going around at the moment anyway. I'd rather be a source of light and fun and, um, I don't know, joy. So anyway, stay tuned and I will be um, hoping to get to the rest of you all as soon as I can. Yeah, and it's good that we live in the life and time of podcasting so we can beam out our voice into your ear holes wherever you may be. Mm-hmm. But if you're near Sydney, come and join us. Yes. I'll be there doing a little intro. and. Or if you want to travel to Sydney yes, yeah. <laughs> to come to me instead of me coming to you, then by all means, let us know where you're coming from. Also another option. Mm-hmm. So today's episode... I want to talk to you about spirit sessions in itself and what that entails as such. You've just said that it's more John Edwards style Mm -hmm. connection and that sort of thing. So what does that look and feel like for someone like yourself when you're in the room of upwards of 20, 30, 40, 50 people? Like how is that... um, how is that felt by someone like yourself, a medium in that space? I'm, I'm guessing it would be really busy, like standing in a room with all those people in front of you, but also the people in spirit. How do you order them? Lots of questions in there. Yes, as <laughs> usual. <laughs> um, so it's not busy. Okay. It's the opposite for me anyway. Um, my prep uh, is what... What I, if you could imagine kind of just isolating yourself. Um, So, and I do that before I come out and that isolation is something that whether I'm in front of one person sitting in my office with me having a session or sitting in front of a hundred people or 20 people or whatever, the space for me is the same. So um, the bubble that I'm in, the isolation that I'm in is the same no matter what's going on outside of that bubble. So I don't, I don't, it doesn't matter who or how many are in that room with me in human form. Um, when I step into that Tracy Stacy, it's, it's a separateness. It's, um, it's almost like, um, a dream state. I would probably describe it for someone who's not like me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, um, Sometimes, you know, I watch movies where people are being investigated by um, or people are being interviewed by detectives and police and they've got one of those windows or those mirrors that is a one-way, not a two-way, or a two-way mirror, but you know what I mean. 
Um, and it's sort of like that. It's like I can be in a space where I can see everything, but the people that are there can't see it all. Um, so I'm aware and I can see everything that's happening. And I've got like one foot in the human realm and one foot in the spiritual realm. And so it's really actually quite quiet and still. Um, it's a peaceful feeling and it's a nothingness. So I don't, I don't feel like I can go into headaches tend to be one of the only things that really prevent me from doing my job, but I can go in with period pain or, you know, like a, a, a an aching or pain. Or, yeah. I can okay. go in with something. And then for the entire time that I'm standing there for two to three hours, I could not feel it. Like I, I could be in excruciating pain leading up to it and not want to work. But then when I'm working, I step out of that and I don't experience it. And then as soon as I step back in, I'm, I'm experiencing it again, like it never left. Um, so it's kind of like a, an in-between. And uh, because no one else is talking in the room as human, unless I am interacting with them, it's quiet. And I think that the thing that you have to manage the most is expectation. So that is um, one thing that people like me, especially those of us who do um, – larger audiences um that's probably the thing that it's really hard to teach someone how to do that um like we can learn like I can teach people how to do what I do no problem but you you kind of have to um like go in small increments to like five people 10 people 20 people 30 people because it's it's not the job that's the problem, it's the expectation which has energy weight. And so you have to, it's like me saying to you, do your job, Laura, but you also have to be piggybacking like your two children and holding your husband's hand while you do your job. It's like you, you're handicapped or like you've got a, there, there's something that's a part of what you're doing that you can go in energetically prepared, but the weight of the expectation is somewhat um, predictable when you've been doing it for so long, but um, you just never know. You've got to be able to be prepared to absorb that. Other people's expectations. As in what they want so much. Yeah. Okay. Because uh, a lot of, you know, for lack of a better way of describing it, there's a lot of desperation in the room, Um, a lot of desperation to contact their deceased relatives um, for information, for guidance, for clarity, for closure, whatever it is. Yeah, like you were saying, energetically, that desperation is so low. It's very heavy. Yeah. It's very heavy. And for me, that is the thing that is uh, when I'm coming out from my little prep room area, when I come out, what is going through me at that moment, what I'm thinking about or um, managing is expectation and desperation. Um, That's all I'm thinking about. Uh, And so I have to acclimatize to that uh, and adjust my energy. Um, And so that's actually, fun fact, that's actually how and why I started to work in those events with no shoes. Uh, I found that it was, I did an event one time where double the people showed up than what I expected to show up like I was a nobody it's just like who's gonna come and it was like double the people that I'd expected um and I had to figure out how to manage it really quickly and I there's a few things that we can do to raise our vibe really quickly and to ground ourselves or to raise it whatever you need to do and I know what they are um and straight away like the brand new pair of shoes that I bought for the event that I was (laughs) so excited about got flicked off and off they went and it's just become a thing now where um, it's easier for me to um, very quickly acclimatise to the environment if I have my shoes off. Because it's grounding you. Grounding but also um, balancing as well. Like I can balance, um, how do I describe this? So um, it's like if... You know, literally how I said, like, I've got one foot in the human realm and one foot in the spiritual realm. When I walk out into a space, it's almost like um, I am balancing on one foot in the human realm and my spiritual realm foot comes off and I can lose a bit of a bit of balance and a bit of heightened consciousness. So I need to be less human. So I need to put my other foot on the ground. But what I am doing is very consciously aware that my left foot is human and my right foot is spirit. 
So when I can feel both of them on the ground and I can consciously connect, like right now I'm looking at you and I'm talking, but my, 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 um, my intention and my focus energetically is in my feet. And I could tell you like exactly what my feet are doing right now. And I'm very consciously aware of that. Um, it's about pressure. It's about balance. It's about whether I'm on my heels or my toes, the balls of my feet, the inside, the outside, um, and I don't know, I've never really heard anyone else that does what I do describe that, but I'm definitely doing that. Um, and I can't do that with shoes on. So it's like this balance. And I think about my left foot being human and my right foot being spirit. And I want to, it's, it's almost like a, a, um, a physiological, um, uh, anchor, if you, if, well, psychological anchor, if, if you will, um, to help me focus on what I need to do it's fascinating because when you have your shoes off it's a real tactile sensation that you're connecting through so you're um drawing on that connection to keep you where you need to be Mm. or is it increasing your sensitivity through uh it's not increasing sensitivity it's just balancing being awareness, aware yeah. of it. It's balancing how how high my consciousness and my vibration is because there's two parts to it. There's the human vibration and then there's the consciousness. Yep. And so my feet are almost like my inner compass kind of thing that help me understand whether I'm what my human vibration is doing and if it's absorbing desperation and um a lot of expectation and hope and even grief at some point. I'm pretty good at handling the grief, but um, sometimes it can be over the top. And so I can sort of understand what my human vibration is doing through my left side. Through your feet, though. Through my left through foot. foot. Yeah. No, it's not coming up through my foot. It's going down through my foot. Okay. So it's not what's coming up. Mm-hmm. It's how it's moving through. So rather than absorbing it, it's going out. No, not really. So like if if you stand up with no shoes on and you've got your feet on the ground and you bring your attention to your feet without really thinking about it, but more just observing, are you someone who stands more to your heels or to the front? Are you someone that stands with your feet a little bit out or in? And so my left foot sort of lets me know that if I'm, if, if I'm balanced, then my foot is balanced in its pressure points. So my whole foot is kind of just balanced on the floor. I'm not leaning back forward sideways or whatever. Um, but if I find that, um, I need to adjust or alter, um, for expectation, desperation and grief, and it's more than what I had prepared for, then I start to notice that I'll lean on my heel because it's throwing me a little bit. Right. So in order to be able to um, bring myself back, to be able to know where I'm managing it, I try and get my foot to go back to being um, equal pressure on the floor. Squared. Yeah, kind of where I'm not aware of my foot. So it's almost like I want to be completely unaware of my feet so rather than thinking about my feet. Okay. Um, and then my right foot, um, that is usually quite quite good it usually um, only ever comes off the floor, not really, the pressure doesn't really change too much, um, but it usually comes off the floor when I drop. So if I drop too low, yeah. um, you might see me actually stand on my toes on my right foot, like I might go onto a tippy toe or something or I might put my heel up. Um, it's only things that I kind of notice after I'm doing it, like I'm not aware of it because I'm naturally just self regulating. Yeah. You're just responding yeah. subconsciously. Uh-huh. And so, um, if my spiritual side is lowering, you'll see me pick up a clear quartz crystal. Yeah. Um, if I am too high in spirit, sometimes if I can't manage it, you'll see me sit down on the ground or on a chair. Um, why is that a bad thing being too high in spirit? Uh, cause it, it can become over consuming. It can okay. become too much. And, um, I can't think, and I can't like the messages become, um, too loud or, um, too consuming. And, and I forget, well, I don't forget, but I become less aware of my human surroundings. And that's not okay. When you're the person who's up there in front of people, um, it's not safe. It's not responsible for them or for me. Nothing bad's going to happen. Um, but it's definitely not what people are coming for. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you never know whether you're going to be able to come back down. 
Truly. Well, you ca- you will always come back down, but you don't know if you're going to be able to come back down in the time that you've got. So this could happen in the first 20 minutes of a two-hour se- session. Sure. And if I'm gone, yeah. then the next hour and a half is going to be not fun for anyone. Okay. So you're regulating that whole time to keep the balance. Yeah. And that's um, because I've been doing this my whole life. I'm really great at understanding how to regulate myself. Um, it's just that... Um, the humans that are there, it all just really depends on what they bring to the bring to the table, bring to the room, um, and it's managing that in the very first instance. And then that doesn't usually change because I bring a lot of humor into my sessions. Um, it's it gets deep where it needs to get deep, and it gets um, heavy where it needs to get heavy. But I'm very good at reading the the crowd and reading the audience and knowing um I, I can just feel the um I can feel where where the pockets of heavy and light are and how and and I just intuitively um balance it and I try and keep that balance at all times because it's not just for them but for me as well so there's a lot of um choreography or like orchestrating that goes on behind the scenes that most people aren't aware is happening. Absolutely not. That's why we're here now. (laughs) Yeah. So when I connect with um, someone, so the way that I order the spirits is usually mostly always up to the spirit. So I don't have a preference as, okay, we're going to get the person in the second row, third seat along. Yeah. Um, It doesn't work like that for me. Um, but I don't want it to work like that for me either. So I've never really tried. Uh, but what happens is the spirits sometimes will group themselves and you, and that can happen in the beginning and it can also happen at any time during the spirit session as well. But they, they quite regularly will group themselves and they group themselves not because they actually knew each other in human form and they might not belong to the one person in the audience, but they group themselves in usually the way they died. So it might be that tonight I'm going to connect with six people in the audience and five of those six people, they're they're people in spirit, they're loved ones that have crossed over, five of them died of a heart attack. So the five will come straight through and they'll all kind of like, if you will, ride in on the same energy wave because it's easy. Mm -hmm. So the way that I work as a medium, which I'm sure I've spoken about before, is I I validate who people are by how they passed away. And quite often they will use my whole entire body to allow me to understand how that happened. So um, what's what's happening for me, for example, if a heart attack comes through is I'm having a heart attack in front of you right now, um, but it's not like it's like dulled down, but it's enough for me to pay attention to it. Um, but it's very classic. So it starts off with like a, a pain over my left heart chest area and then very and but that's also the symbol for heart disease for me or like a block in the heart I haven't been able to differentiate those two ever yet I don't know if I ever will but very very quickly after that sometimes comes a pain in my neck and if I get the pain in the neck and across the shoulder and the heart then that's a heart attack classic and I know that that person's died of a heart attack and the minute that I get that pain I stop it and I acknowledge this was a heart attack or did this person die of a heart attack? And then I don't feel the pain anymore. If I was to leave it, the pain doesn't get worse. It just stays and it doesn't go away until I acknowledge it. Uh, I don't know why. It's just always been like that for me. Um, so if they all come through and they know the toll that it takes on me and what energy I have sort of in the bank for them to spend, I guess. Yeah. Um, if they all come through in the one, then I only need to go through one heart attack, not five. And they, they know that for somehow. Very considerate. It is. And like, I don't consciously ever remembering asking them to do that. It's just something that they've done over time. Might it be easier for them as well? I would think so. Because one of the other things that I notice as well is that, um, if someone has recently passed away, what will happen very often is whether I call it in or whether it happens automatically, it doesn't really make a difference, but Um, an elder, so someone who passed away earlier than the person that I'm connecting with will come through and the person that I'm connecting with will ride off the back of that elder's energy. Wow. So they share energy, they share frequency um, and the ability to be able to strengthen the connection. Um, So I will often call in other 
people that have crossed over, even if it's not someone that you want to connect with. And you might not even be aware that I'm doing it, but I'm doing it to be able to get the connection that I need. That energy and the yeah. connection. Okay. Um, That's because, so cool. Yeah. Well, it's, it's interesting. Like um, I just problem solve. Yes. I, I do a lot of problem solving during sessions. You're very practical as well. Well, because... I'm working for both sides. Yes. Um, and so I know that what the spirits are giving me isn't just all that there is. And I know the questions and I know the ways around to get more information. That is what I want to ask you. So we've talked a bit about why and probably listeners and anyone that's had a similar experience, we know why we see someone like you. We know why we're going to places like a spirit session. We know why we're there. What's in it? for the people on the other side? So um, I've spoken before about the golden threads that I see. Yes. Uh, which I believe are like lessons that haven't been or contracts that haven't been fulfilled um, that tie us together. And so when the other side can come through and give their loved one on the earthly realm information or guidance or closure or clarity or whatever it is, that could potentially release some of those ties. Um, that's the ultimate. Um, but also um, parents are parents and children are children. So when parents come through for my clients, they behave as parents. So they give parental advice. Um, they they uh, acknowledge and celebrate as parents would. And that's a lot for their for their spirit because they're able to fulfill more of the contract that they have with their human on the other side on, on the earthly realm uh, because maybe they're tied to that person's self-worth or um, joy or forgiveness or whatever so there's a lot on it on them for the other side there's in, a lot in it for them as well yeah, yeah in terms of the potential still for their evolution on the other side and that can only happen while there's one here and one there. Yes. And someone like you in the room to be the medium. Yeah, not always. You could do it yourself. Really? Yeah. How do you get validations that you are actually doing it and it's not just in your mind? Uh, you ask for them. You feel it. Like what um, we've talked about. Yeah, you have to be quite intuitive. Yeah. Like not everyone could do it, but everyone could do it. Everyone has the capacity and the potential to do it. Oh, the, sorry, the potential to do it, maybe not the capacity. They have to be able to learn to carry more. Um, and, um, you know, they're, they're, it's not like um, it's not rocket science to realise that if you do the work that, that I've done and if you um, see it, feel it, know it, hear it, understand it, the way that I do, this is what's available. Sure. And it's not the only way, but it's a way. Yeah. Um, but when um, when they come through and they organise themselves, there's other ways that they organise themselves too. So it's not just in like the way that they passed. They organise themselves in the order of who's got the most important information to share. Um, and that can usually be something that the human has had a part in because the human might be willing for a certain person to come through so the energy's stronger for that spirit. Okay. Um, it could also be um, that the person in spirit has um, got some un uh, has got some unfinished business, so to speak. Like I find that a lot of people, like I connect a lot of different types of people with spirits, like there, there's there's Everything. oh it's so interesting but one of the things that is actually more common than what most people would think is um people with um that have been killed or people who have died in uh, mysterious circumstances or unsolved circumstances or just circumstances where there was a lot of um a lot of mist like lack of clarity how <coughs> yeah how around their death yep and maybe who was responsible for their death and yep. how it happened um, those spirits that know that their humans don't have those answers, they're usually front and center ready to go to tell you information that can help like solve some of those puzzle pieces. Wow. Because um, they're able to see it on the other side. Okay. <clears throat> they're not able to um, really ever show me who's responsible, um, but they, they, and I don't know whether that's a, I don't know whether that's a me thing. That could open up a whole. Correct. Yeah. Which I'm not. Level. 
I'm not into. Yeah. Uh, because I, well, I would be into it if other humans were into it. Like I'm all for it. Like, like criminal profiler over here, 101, <laughs> yeah. like top student, grade A. <laughs> um, but who am I going to go to that information with? And how's it validated? That's the first thing they're going to ask you. Correct. And yeah. I'm going to say I'm a psychic medium yeah. and a ghost told me <laughs> and they're just going to go, okay. So um, I know that a lot of investigators do consult psychic mediums, um, whether they whether it's on record or not, but it definitely can't be used as evidence um, and it can't be used as fact. And I wouldn't want to expose myself and my abilities and my clients and my family to that ridicule and that judgment and that misunderstanding. It's Absolutely. not what I'm here to do. Yeah. Um, but if and when a time that ever came up, then I would be all for it. Like I'd be first at the door. Yeah. Um, so that's one of the ways that they can come through with some force. Um, also, um, they order themselves in um, like a... Uh, like a tear so like you know when you get your school photos taken and it's tiered yeah they do that for generations for me so the they will show me like a so everyone comes through my peripheral like so what I'm seeing is in front of me but they stand their energy is in my peripheral on my right hand side but they project out to sort of where you're sitting and so it's like a projector screen and they can show me things Mm -hmm. so if your spirits if people if your loved ones were in spirit next to me right now I'm looking at you and what they show me is whether they are your counterpart so they kind of draw a line and they're like yes I'm the same height as her so I'm the same generation as her or they go a bit higher so it's one generation up so it's going to be your parents or your aunties and uncles or your parents' best friends, those kinds of that level. Um, And then the level up is going to be grandparents. Um, Mm. So that's how I do it. And a lot of mediums will choose left and right as maternal and paternal. So um, dad's side will come through on the right, mum's side will come through on the left. That doesn't happen for me. They just tell me or they tell me or I feel it. Yeah, okay. Because my left side is reserved for people who, or spirits who aren't welcome or who aren't invited. Uh, So I keep that space for separate. Like my left is always like a wall of energy. Yeah. And sometimes when something infiltrates it, it's interesting to me and I will acknowledge it to a certain degree depending on what they're doing. If they're trying to get into, not into my body, but if they're trying to affect me to understand how they died, I give them a little bit and I will move straight to that energy and try and validate it. If I can't validate it, then I cut it off and see you later. Mm -hmm. Fascinating. Um, Yeah. So they organize themselves that way. Um, Sometimes they organize themselves with names. So like if all their names started with J, which I really freaking hate, like even, even when clients who have watched so many shows, um, are having a session with me and I'll say, do you know someone who's like, they're saying their name is John and they're like, well, is it a J name or is it John? And it's like, no, it's John. It's not a J name. I'm never going to say like, oh, there's a J name. That's too hard. Well, it's just, it's just silly. Like, <laughs> well, you know, it's not silly. It's it's silly for me because that just means that I'm not doing my job properly. You can do other things to be more clear. Yeah. And I can do better. You're not fishing. No, I can do. Absolutely not. Like that. Nothing makes me feel like more of a bullshit artist, con artist than fishing. Yeah. Like it just, it's just like, Oh, it makes me feel disgusting, dirty. I hate it. Yeah. Um, and so once I lock in on a spirit who I choose is the one that I'm going to start, um, being the conduit for I'm pretty um I'm pretty aware of in the audience uh in if it's not directly the person that it's for it's just around that person it kind of could be the four like you in the middle and then the one behind you two next to you one in front of you it's going to be in that area if it's not directly you that I can pick um, and the way that I do that is because it becomes like a tunnel. So um, my and like my body, my human body, I'm almost completely unaware of it during a session or during a connection. Um, but what happens is it's like a filter where um, everything around you and me is black, not black, black, but just like in the shadows. Blurred out. 
yeah, just in the shadows, it's kind of, it's not blurry. It's more um, like got a veil. It's like you and I are in our own little energy tunnel and yeah. they're on the outside of that tunnel. Sure. And so you, to me, are light and you're not like a bright light. It's more like a hazy, white, misty um, glow. Wow. Um, but it's your spirit that I'm that I'm experiencing. Sounds like a bold and the beautiful filter. Yeah, exactly like that. When I'm not wearing my glasses, what everyone looks like <laughs> at the moment. But yes, so um, that's that's one of the ways that I'm able to know that it's you. But right. sometimes because sometimes you're there with your mum or your cousin or your brother or your sister or whatever or your that dad. Tie. Yeah, so they might be included yeah. in that little bit, and so it's hard to really especially on the spot it's hard to really very quickly ascertain which one so it's it's better if I just let you choose who it is Um, and that helps the audience participation and flow as well because you've got to remember this is it's a show in so many ways as well and so it's got to be entertaining for everyone at some level but it's also got to be, um, it's got to move. Otherwise, it's just a lot of me standing there with my eyes closed. <laughs> yeah. Like it's not, it's not a, um, it's just, it's just not, for, in, in my opinion, it's not a good night out. <laughs> like <laughs> like I, there's a billion other things I would rather do. It's what you do that makes it, like you've got that connection, but you're, you know, you're great at talking with everybody, involving everybody and people that go are, clearly interested and intrigued in the process have been to them before or have always wanted to go or Mm. you know curious there's all of those sorts of people so um what you were saying about once um someone in spirit comes through who you choose to be the conduit for Mm -hmm. that first person that you connect with in the show is that maybe seen as the most urgent or the strongest connection or they tell you, like you were saying, they order themselves in a way and they come forward. So you just go with that. Mm-hmm. And once you do a quick suss out, you just start going or is it in a level or order of importance? Um, I would say no. Um, I don't really think too much about that order, to be honest. So it's less important than what somebody else might think that's sitting there all the time going, pick me, choose me, why isn't someone coming through? Yeah. Or if I came, you know, if someone came through first as opposed to the last, that's not necessarily mm. relevant. Uh, it's a connection in the time frame. I think the relevance could just potentially be that the, the human's vibration is higher um, and so it's easier. Um Whereas if someone is really desperate and grieving and with high expectations, you're probably not going to get a connection. It's probably pushing it away. Yeah. Yeah. Like when I manage that in the room when I first walk out, it's it's like a pool of energy. It's not like, oh, a person sitting in row seven, seat two is the downfall of the group. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like that. It's just kind of like a, a pool of energy. And I have to manage that pool yeah. because when I connect with someone that they'll just start crying or like if I'm connecting to you and your mom's sitting next to you and I'm talking to your cousin or your dad and he came through for you and not for your mom, she's going to have emotions. <laughs> and so she adds to the pool. So it's this constant manage, but, um, yeah, I'd have to say, I don't know if the order really matters so much. It's good to know. But I think that the, I, I don't think I would have to say 100% that the the vibration of the person sitting there would affect um, them being more of a beacon than everyone else sitting in the room. So if you're going to go to a spirit, if you're going to come to my spirit sessions or you're going to go to an event where a medium is and it's a group live event and you're hoping to get picked, don't... Um, don't sit there just going, please come through, please come through, please come through, because they won't. Mm-hmm. Don't sit there and, um, you know, ask for um, for a sign or ask for answers because that's also narrowing down potential. Mm-hmm. Ask for the secret word. <laughs> yeah. Once we're connected, yeah, you can do that, which has happened in the past. Um, 
I don't know whether I've told on air about um, the time up in Brisbane where one of the guys called me out. Um, For those that have heard it, listen on. For those that haven't, (laughs) do go on, Tracy. Where he was there with his wife and his older brother came through, I believe, from memory, but his older brother was much older than him. Um, And they were really close. And he was bringing through all of this information, like the fact that I think from memory they had green carpet in their bathroom. Like, where the hell? Like, what? Uh, From memory, I can't remember. It was a long time. I don't remember much. When you've got carpet in your bathroom. Mm -hmm. Green carpet. (laughs) My grandmother had maroon carpet in her bathroom and her kitchen. (laughs) Cozy. So weird. Um, But, um, yeah, so in the end, he's just like, yeah, I'm pretty impressed. But. There was something before he died that we said that if we were to ever die before each other, we would come back and haunt each other. And there was a few things that there was two or three things that we said that would be the way that we would do it. If you can tell me one of those things, then I'm sold. I'm a believer. And um, I hate that just quietly. And any any person who is doing my job hates it. Yeah. Um, I find it quite disrespectful. Not here to be tested. Not here to be tested. Yep. Like, just it, it, I find it really rude yeah um and it did make my energy drop and so I was doing the one foot here one foot there situation and I was managing um but lucky for me <laughs> um I had already been picking up on a symbol that his brother's spirit was bringing me that I hadn't shared yet Um, and as soon as I closed my eyes and said a few swear words at the person sitting in front of me in my mind (laughs) to try and compensate, honestly, like that's what we're doing. We're all doing it, whether you like to think it or not, we're human and it, it shit me. But at the same time, it's a challenge as well. And I realize I'm standing in front of 50 people and now would be a great time for spirit to prove that, um, that they that they can the realness yeah like the I, tangibility yeah. yeah so for me the conversation just goes oh for fuck's sake like <laughs> why are you testing me and then it goes straight away to this isn't about me Tracy this is about sharing and I always pull back and that this isn't about me is yeah. something that saves me day in and day out I do love that um and so as soon as I said this isn't about me my intention goes straight to I am just a conduit and I don't need to prove who I am this is for spirit to be able to communicate with their loved one. Yeah. And to me, that is the top. And that grows people's faith and that grows people's. Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. so I brought it through and I was just like, well, what I'm getting is a matchbox. And his face lit up like a Christmas tree, but at the same time, his eyes were as wide as saucers. Yeah. Um, and he just, he, he was speechless. He just nodded and squeezed his wife's hand And I was like, I'm taking this as a validation. And he went, hmm. And I think he was actually legitimately shocked. Um, And he he didn't speak to me afterwards, which I would have liked to have been able to speak to him to find out a little bit more about that. Um, But there was, apart from the nodding and the squeezing his wife's hand, that was the only validation that I got. Um, But if it's about me, then I'm going to let that bother me. And I don't let it bother me. Yeah. Um, But... Um, I forget why I was saying that. Oh, the the skeptics and things like that. So yeah. he, like once the connection is there, you can be asking questions in your mind telepathically and they will pop in, the answers of your loved ones in spirit will pop into my head and I'll say, why are they talking about this? Or they just said, um, choose the green one or whatever and it will be. So, yeah, once the connection's established, then the questions yeah questions but you don't want to ever be going into an event like this desperate um, or super hopeful you also don't want to be going with a tremendous amount of grief um save that for an individual and i know that it's cheaper to go to a, a group session but if you're grieving you don't belong there like you're not as in a, the right place. You're not in the right place. Yeah. You're not for yourself. Yeah. Like it's not, um, you're, you're not doing yourself any favors by going to a place like that, to a, to an event like that. Um, I know that it would be, it would seem natural to help the process, do it individually with a medium, just That's a one-on-one private sort of. Yeah. And even then managing grief is really difficult. So a lot of mediums won't speak to clients until it's been after a certain period of time. Um, but I just like to individually judge the person's grief before I make that 
make that decision. Yeah. And I call that out. Um, and I'm quite like, I'm as honest as honest gets out. Um, and so I will sit in a session and just say, it's been really tough today. And that's because of the level of your grief and it's been too soon. And whether you come back to me, it's entirely up to you, but wait a little while and then try again to get more. And it will be much, um, much clearer information then, because if you think about me just being a conduit and I've got, and I'm sitting in the middle of a, of a tube, um, and I've got you feeding the left side of my tube and spirit feeding the right side of my tube. Um, and I have to somehow be able to get them to connect. Um, if you're really, really low energetically and they're not, they stay the same. Um, I have to do the heavy lifting to get you up and them down enough for me to still get the message and for it to be heard by you. Um, and it's a big job. It's and a lot, yeah. It is, which I'm, I love being the person who has the ability to do that. But um, It's still a job. It's still so, a job, but yeah. also it's, it's the person's experience and, like, I want them to be able to experience what they're looking for, but they've got to understand that there are things that prevent them from being able to have that experience and grief and desperation and expectation are among the three things that really affect whether or not you get that connection that you're looking for. Amazing. Never thought about it that way. Mm. It's good though. That's the whole reason why we're here having a chat about the other side of it. Yeah. And then... Um, objects and things like most of the time coming to a session, people will bring objects, uh, yeah. which is fair enough. That doesn't increase your chances. Um, it just doesn't. And if you have an object and I connect with you, um, let me know, but yes. it's not going to increase my connection. I'm yeah. just going to start telling you about the object. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, which is maybe what they want. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Um, but it's not going to increase your chances. Um, what will increase your chances is letting go of any expectation um, and just holding your person, the, the loved ones in spirit with love yeah. and maybe just thinking about really good memories from your childhood or from your life, thinking about them and the good things about them. That's going to really raise your vibration and yes. your consciousness as well to a level that's going to um, make that, that tube of energy really easy to flow through so the messages are just very clear and direct um and fast yeah and I remember you talking about when you're talking about the messages coming through clear and fast they do speak fast is that right like they're giving you so much information within a couple of seconds and you're there sort of translating it and it's immediate knowledge yeah so it's a lot isn't it yeah um so it's managing sort of you're the humans, because uh, I'm connected to you psychically, so I know exactly what's going through your head yeah. when I'm connecting, um, all the human stuff, and I'm aware of your spirit. Um, and depending on who you're with, I've got some awareness of what they're doing as well. Um, and then I'm dealing with, well, not dealing with, I'm managing the spirits that are there, the ones that are waiting, the ones that are still coming through and leaving and coming and leaving and coming and leaving. Um, but I'm managing the, the tether that I have with the spirit that's connecting to you. And that is um, the way that they give me information is instantaneous. Um, it's just um, like I say to you, what's one plus one? Mm -hmm. And you say two. Um, I know that the answer is two before I've even asked you the question. Like that's how fast it works. It's just like, it's like immediate info. It's like how fast Siri will speak to you or. It's like an instant download when you make that connection. Correct. It's immediate. It's like, it's, it's, it's like I've always had it there and didn't even know it was there. I can speak it wow. like I can speak English. Yeah. Um, and so that is clearer if you're the human vibration is higher. Yeah. Um, but visions and things like that are different. So if they don't, if they're not speaking, so it's telepathic communication. So if they're not speaking to me telepathically and they're not giving me knowings telepathically, then they're usually giving me visions or feelings. Um, the vi and I, 
I usually get both simultaneously. I usually have all of them happening simultaneously, but um, when it's the visions, that's a little bit more where you'll probably see me just do what I just did then when I realized I was doing it, looking off into a, a, a sort of a space in within space that you can't see, yeah. but I'm looking at that projector that I talked about before. Yeah. And um, and it's playing out and I can replay it, I can pause it, I can zoom in, I can get the first take and then just go, I don't say like show me again, I just, I have the control almost, it's just like it just does what I want it to do. But I don't really know what I want it to do, it's just happening. It's, it's <laughs> um, but basically I need to understand and interpret as much of the message and the intention behind what the spirit has to share from just a vision sometimes. So I want to make sure that, um, and because I'm good at it, I've been doing it for so long, I can get the information really fast. But for people who aren't as experienced um, with clairvoyance, um, it sometimes you can just say, I'm just looking at a picture on this um Thing, and I'm seeing elephants right now, but if I was to <laughs> see elephants, yeah, on this, um, but they're red. So if uh, I was to see elephants on this projector that I'm talking about, uh-huh. um, red ones, red say. elephants, yeah. yeah. Um, I would say to you, why is this spirit showing me, or why are they showing me red elephants? And you might go, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But what would make that um, better and a better experience for you, not showing off my abilities but what's going to give you the most out of this experience is if I say okay so at the first glance I've gotten that there's red elephants and an inexperienced clairvoyant will say red elephants whereas what I'm doing is I'm looking at what's behind the red elephants what's next to the red elephants are the red elephants um are they alive are they painting are they a drawing are they a photograph um what other identifying features can give me so much more information to to be able to get this spirit's message across the point yeah it's just be like well i know why they're talking about red elephants because i've got a picture of a red elephant but i don't know why they're talking about red elephants and that picture that's in my in my room um and they might have like a it could have been that what I'm able to understand is that that person gifted you the the photograph of the red elephants from your time in Africa where you painted them red or something. I don't know. But how much more of a connection for you mm-hmm. and a, um, a, uh, um, a deepening and strengthening for you is it with that little bit extra information, how much that changes the experience for you the and the meaning of it. Yeah. And that's what I'm about. Cause it not only just changes it for you, but it changes for the spirit. So there is a lot that's happening yeah. during a session. And then a large mediumship session is really no different. Once I'm locked in, it just becomes exactly like a set that a normal session for me. Yeah. Except, you know, it's in a group full of people that all get to watch this going on. Yeah. Yeah. But for me, it's not like that after yep. I've managed the first sort of pull. Yeah. After that, it's a very intimate experience for me because I'm still in that tunnel. Yeah. And how are you afterwards? Um, hi. So what do you get out of it? So we've talked about the person coming for the show, the spirit that you're serving that connection to. Where do you sit with it all? Because you're serving your purpose, one of them. Yeah. Um, just looking at your face now, you just look so happy. I get, um, oh God, I could almost cry right now. Yeah, I can see. I get more than I could ever really articulate. So just the, just the sheer knowing and faith that um, me having lived the life that I've lived and done what I've done and been who I am um, and I've arrived at this point where it's my job to um, to bridge uh, the the perceived gap between loved ones um, and that I get to do that times many. 
So I love that in a mediumship event, they're my favorite to do, but in a mediumship event, it's just me and however many people are sitting in front of me that are receiving. It's like one person can give so much and it can make so one thing can make so many people happy. Even if like, um, like I know that other people and you have even said like just going along to those things, even if you don't get a connection, it's a great night. That's normally the seat I sit in. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's um, it's a great night. Yeah. It's entertaining. Yeah. Um, and it's it's strangely morbidly entertaining. It's fascinating. It's fascinating. Though. Yeah. And even if you're not getting a connection, you you feel the love and yes. and the joy so and the more. connection. Yeah. yeah, it's deep. So imagine being the person that's responsible for that. Yeah. The pilot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the human like. It's, I just, I, like my heart is hurting right now because it's like um, I don't know, I, I, there's so much to it that I don't understand as, um, as how and why um, I get to do that. And it's just like such a freaking blessing that I am one who serves many for starters, but then I am one who can bridge these two realms together and provide the amount of love and joy and connection because I know how important love, joy and connection are to experience. And people in this day and age don't experience enough of that or allow themselves to experience enough of that. So my job is so layered and it just gives back to me in, in so many ways that I just can't even begin because it's all feeling. But the feeling is like um, bliss. It's like, heightened joy beyond gratitude. anything or oh, not even it's it's like it's beyond gratitude it's true blessed like um it's gratitude on steroids and some yeah like there's 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 no human words really to describe what it feels like aside from it's blissful and it's a high that i cannot explain I feel like I'm floating afterwards. I find it hard to drive. I find it hard to concentrate. Um, it takes me a good couple of hours to come down off that. Like it's really, really high. So awesome. Yeah. Um, but then I, if I've prepped correctly, there's no crash. But then the next day I turn, the crash isn't a crash energetically. It's a crash emotionally and physically and mentally in terms of how I could have done it even better. <laughs> I know. It's kind of a, um, it's, there's a little bit of guilt that's attached. And I don't know whether that's just oh, I natural. I reckon that's human side of things. Yeah. Whenever you finish a job, it's only yeah. in reflection. That you're like, oh, you know. Yeah, I think that's such a I could a have done human... this better. I could have done that better. Yeah. Or I forgot that I put this spirit on standby and I left them there and, oh, no, and... <laughs> that could have been a really good connection and this could have been and what could have made it even better. Um, and it's not like how I could have like performed better. It's how I could have given even more um, and opened myself up even more to, to, to give more. But at any given time, at that point in time, you're doing all you can. Yeah. Yeah. You know. so but that's, that's about like, as, that's yeah. about as, as much of a come down as, as I get. Yeah. Um, and then all I want to do is do it again. Yep. So it's been a while and that is why I wanted to have this chat. Yay! <laughs> and that's why I love you, just seeing how much um, your face changed when I, ask you, when I asked you what's in it. Mm. For you, what you get out of it, um, that's, that's, you know, if I wasn't already going, then, I, then I'm definitely going. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, I think maybe some people forget that forget why they're doing it and no matter what you're doing you know mm. it is a blessing to remember why you're doing what you're doing mm. yeah yeah and I listen to like very rarely but sometimes I hear other people who do what I do talk about it um and it's a very private sacred um space to be in to to be me or for them to be them um because 
there's just the to articulate it so humans can understand it um is almost impossible yeah because so much is felt or known or yeah and the feelings don't translate no into feelings that you've ever felt yeah um even like giving birth um for the first time i think is different to all the others even though they're all just as amazing but that first time yeah um that's a smack around the head that is yeah but you know that that um that overwhelming adrenaline all the endorphins and the love hormones kick in and it's really quite a strange and i'm and i'm not trying to make people feel bad if they didn't have that but um what the body naturally would do is kick off those hormones um that doesn't even compare to what it feels like to do what i do yeah and in the same token it's hard to really describe because it's different for everyone and until you've felt it you wouldn't know Correct. Yeah. And how do you describe that feeling yeah. of just giving birth? Yeah, you can't. You can't. It's yeah. like, a, oh, no, you don't understand. And then you kind of block it out if you're the one pregnant that's <laughs> yeah. never Trust given birth me. before. Do not Push down me. a tempaint. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, um, it's definitely apparently an experience not to be missed to go to a mediumship event. Yeah. Um, but for me on the other side of it, um, that's what's happening. Yep. And you're serving your purpose and you're doing, you do you. Mm -hmm. And this time, for the first time ever, after the Sydney show is going to be an extended little event for 10 lucky people who choose to do so. Um, But you'll get to experience me in my high Um, (laughs) instead of just going and um, running on adrenaline to pack down the show and to get home. Um, to my babies, yeah. um, you'll get to sit with me for an hour and a half and um, experience what that high feels like and, and what I look like on that high. Yeah, we're going to push um, the pause button and hang around. Yeah, and just do a bit of a meet and greet and I'll be there to answer questions and get photos and do whatever anyone wants. I'll be there and... to take the photos. Yay! <laughs> um, and some champagne and just enjoy the night. Um, and, yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait. I love it. I love it same Mm. well there you go folks that was a (laughs) we always think we're not going to have enough to talk about but we've just rambled on for an hour so (laughs) as usual for those who know me I don't think anyone is worried about me ever not having enough to talk about no (laughs) but Laura continues to still worry (laughs) I don't think I worry I'm just like "Eh, we'll see Mm. we'll see where it goes Mm -mm. I'm on the wave So don't forget that we've got the next round of the Raise Your Vibe Bootcamp coming up. It is this uh, June 26th and 27th, I think, or is it the 27th, 28th? I think it's the 26th and 27th. It's Saturday and Sunday in June, the last weekend. Um, It's $22 to register. That's it. That's the only cost. So it's $11 a day. Um, It's virtual, delivered via Zoom. Uh, It is lots of high vibe um tips and tricks and tools and techniques um and laura and i are both there doing it getting involved and it goes from nine to four each day on the saturday and the sunday uh and yeah if you haven't got your ticket yet i don't know why you haven't so (laughs) get on get on track stay on track and you'll learn how to do that for yourself yeah yeah so 22 bucks like what are you waiting for it's life-changing um after the boot camp we've got we recently um, created the Raise Your Vibe Tribe, which is a monthly membership, cancel at any time, but it's also $22 a month. And we meet every month. It's a, its own little community going on there. And uh, we do deep dives into each of the things that you learn in the bootcamp. Uh, but that's there and it's already happening. So why not? And you can dob yourself in, can't you, for an intervention? Uh-huh. What so do you, you call it? Hot seat. A hot seat divine yeah. intervention. So every month you can nominate yourself for a bit of a live virtual chat with me in front of the rest of your Raise Your Vibe, your Rivers, your Rivers, rivers. Tribe. Your Tribe. Your, your Tribe. People. Yep. They're all your people, whether you know them or not. We're all, all there for the same reason. All there to lift each other up and to just remind us that it's only a one-up yourself. It's not a... Let's just jump to the top. We just need to learn to one up, which is what the boot camp is all about. Just learning how to one up yourself and raise that vibe of yours. And I can't wait. Indeed, you do. It's I only can't a couple wait. of weeks away. Yeah. Wowzers. We're nearly there. Nearly there. So have a look. The link is 
uh, via my website. Uh, you go yep. on to book online and then go to boot camps and you'll see it in there. Easy peasy. Japanesey lemon squeezy. <laughs> <laughs> Take care, people. Bye. If you'd like to send us one of your ghost stories or if you have a question for me or for Laura, send us a Gmail at tospsychic at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at turnsout underscore she's psychic and over on Facebook at TOSP podcast.